Hello there, and thank you for joining me in the inaugural episode of Career Podcast with Audrey Prenzel. This first episode's called Five Must-Dos Before You Make the Military to Civilian Career Shift. Although I've been speaking professionally for decades, this is technically my first podcast. So whether you're thinking about making this move yourself, or you're someone who works with members, or supporting them somehow in the transition, I'm glad you're here. In this initial episode, I'm going to be sharing my 20 plus years of military to civilian career transition insight. Anybody who's anybody in the world of careers, human resources, employment centers, recruitment firms, they know that the military to civilian career transition is the most difficult. It's my intention to cover five core topics in this episode that are going to bring to light what needs to be thought about way before the nitty-gritty of cover letters, resumes, job applications, and interview and salary negotiation strategies. The first thing I'll be chatting about is why me? The second point I want to hit is ensuring you're in the right mindset before hanging up the uniform. Thirdly, I'll give you a primer about what you need to start collecting and doing well before you're out. And the fourth issue I'll discuss is ideal timelines. And this, this can be a surprise for most people. And finally, I'll share the most common mistake exiting service personnel from all ranks make when choosing their civilian role. So why me? Well, because I've got the knowledge and I like to help. I literally wrote the only book on the subject in Canada. I've spoken at countless bases and wings at SCAN seminars. Those are Second Career Assistant Network events. MFRCs. Those are Family Military Resource Center events. OSIS meetings, those are operational stress, injury, social support groups, along with career conferences and corporate presentations and media interviews and so on. In fact, a lot of the content I'm going to be covering in my podcast on this topic is actually stuff I've already talked about at these events. I've personally helped thousands of Canadian Armed Forces men and women from all elements non-commissioned members and officers get the job they want at the level they want, where they want, when they want. I did that full tilt from 2001 until 2019. Since then, I've been taking on the occasional coaching client, and of course, I still sell my book, Military to Civvy Street. Canadian military members still serving and veterans and spouses are welcome to join my Facebook group called Military to Civvy Street Job Insight. Before I get into the specifics of what you should consider before you put in your release papers, I'll mention that most of my experience is with the Canadian Armed Forces. However, I've also dealt with people from the US, UK, and Australia. But I'll explain any specific jargon as I go along so everyone can understand it. Now, if you're feeling left out for my UK, Aussie, or American listeners, um, well, that's because my Facebook group is geared specifically for Canadians, but I know there are Facebook groups out there to cover your military, so have a look for those and you can join if you haven't already done so. So let's hit this second point, embracing the right mindset. You've had an extremely structured career. You've been told what to do, how to speak, and how to dress. And everything has been procedurally entrenched in your mind. Now, everything is about to change. 
probably the most obvious factor in a new civilian workspace is what you would call dress and deportment. Sure, some places have uniforms, but this is your chance to not to have to worry about being having a fastidiously neat and pressed uniform. You can wear your hair or jewelry or makeup or sleeves rolled up, rolled down. Do that the way you want. Of course, you know, keeping safety in mind. Most people welcome this kind of change, but for a few, it's a little difficult to accept others who, to them, you know, appear messy or unkempt. So you're going to have to learn to let all that go. In keeping with being in the right headspace, you're going to find multi-bi-directional communications everywhere. So understand that it's usually a lot easier to chat with people from all levels of the corporate mix within an organization. I'm not saying, you know, there, there, you know, there won't be workplace cliques. Sure, there will. But it's pretty free-flowing. And if you want to say something, you're, you know, generally, it's okay just to speak up and say what's on your mind. It's not always easy for people, though, to do this because it's new. And I just want to start laying the foundation that, you know, it's okay to talk with someone directly. You don't have to worry about the chain of command. It's okay to sit down and chat with, you know, the top dog, so to speak. But hey, please, don't do that yes sir, yes ma'am stuff, okay? Rank. It was and will always be a big deal in the military. But what if you get out and you're working for someone who previously reported to you at a much lower rank? Would you be okay with that? Because many industries, such as defense or aerospace, security, logistics, and others, hire veterans, and it's not uncommon for people who used to work alongside each other in the military to reconnect and work again in these sectors. So you're going to have to check your ego at the door. Don't worry about sharing what your rank was, whether it's high, whether it's low. Regardless of the level, civvies don't care. They don't get it. They don't understand. So you're going to have to be ready to deal with that. The next point regarding the right mindset is to embrace the idea that appointments, recertification, continuing education, it's now, for the most part, on your own time and on your own dime. Get ready to start scheduling your medical appointments and meetings for your kids after work. If you want to cut loose early on a Friday because you have to head out to your kids' weekend hockey or soccer tournament, you're going to have to be ready to suck up your vacation time and use that. When you want to take a professional development course, even when you have to take it for your new job, paying for them yourself and doing them on evenings, weekends, holidays, that's pretty much the norm. I've I've even heard of veterans being snagged by heavy snowfall. They're used to taking their time shoveling out the driveways and then showing up to work when they're all done and ready and when it's safe to do so. So, outside of the military, <laughs> yeah, you got to get up early or you got to show up on time or else you're written up or else you're fired. So, these factors may not seem like much to some, but on top of everything else, you don't want to be overwhelmed when you hit Civvy Street. Still keeping with getting the right mindset, corporate culture is a big deal. And it changes from organization to organization. So you now have the choice. Think about the type of workplace you want to work at next. 
Do you want to work someplace that's driven purely by money? Maybe you're thinking you'd like something with a non-profit element or something that's geared strictly towards humanitarian or environmental issues, or maybe you want to work in the high-tech sector. Make sure your personal values align with the corporate culture of the industry you're seeking and the place you want to work. Ask around, look online, do the research to make sure that once you get in a place, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where you don't like the hustle or bustle. You know, you've done enough of that. Or maybe you find a particular field, I don't know, too slow paced for you. Reflect about what it is you really want because now's your chance to make it work. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people jump into what they figure is an ideal job and they're fully qualified for it, but they just don't fit in with the interpersonal dynamics or the pace of the place or just the overall vibe of the company. Yep, money is a driver, I get it. But for your happiness and emotional and mental wellness, it pays off to reflect about what are the elements of a workspace you like when you're actually ready to apply oh, six or eight months out or even the next year, you can start to do your research now for places that align with that corporate culture that jives with you. Okay, the third point. What do you need to collect before you leave? So I want you to make sure that you have hard and electronic copies of all your important paperwork. And when you're talking about the soft or electronic copies, please send it to your personal email. Don't leave it stuck somewhere in your military email. In the Canadian Armed Forces, you're going to want what's called your MPRR. And for other listeners, that means the member's personal record resume. But I just want to make it clear, this is not the resume you're going to hand out for jobs. We'll cover that in another podcast. Make sure your courses and qualifications are accurate and complete. I mean, do I have to tell you? Mistakes happen. You're going to want what you and I would know as your PER. And for other listeners, these are the personnel evaluation reports. And you also want to grab anything that says amazing things about your work performance, like an internal memo, an LOA, which is a letter of appreciation. And what we call a BZ, which is a Bravo Zulu. Again, just notes and messages saying great things about something that you've done while you're in. Now, to be clear, you don't need to do anything with these yet. Just make sure you have them. I can't tell you how many times in the hustle of bustle of releasing, people forget to collect their documents with the frequent postings to different bases. You know, sometimes important papers can get lost or damaged. So I always advise to store them electronically and preferably in the cloud. So we'll call these items your second career collateral kit. Four, timelines. My kids, my clients, anyone who's ever heard me speak will confirm that I'm a strong advocate of start everything sooner than you think you have to. When you know you're in your final 18 or even 24 months out from the end of your contract, if you haven't already done so, create your LinkedIn profile. You don't even necessarily have to fill it out. Just create it and just put the bare bones in it. Start building a network. Start following companies or industries that you find interesting. Bookmark relevant corporate web pages and job boards. 
follow social media accounts of companies and of industry leaders that you find interesting. Network. A lot of people are intimidated by that word or think it means butt kissing. No, it simply means connecting with other people and helping, but you're expecting nothing in return. By the way, when you ask someone, you know, can you get me a job? That's not networking. I call that laziness and it simply doesn't work. Networking is offering to help. And when you help with others and you connect with others, you're allowing yourself to become a point of knowledge and contact for key people in these industries that interest you. So it behooves me to mention that things go so much easier if you're likable. Be nice. Always be nice. If I asked your coworkers what they thought about you right now, today, what would they say? Think about it. And if you need to make changes, make changes. You can be the most skilled person in your field, but I'm going to tell you, if nobody likes you, nobody's hiring you. With that in mind, begin to think about who could be a reference for you. Who can actually vouch for you confidently, articulately, and positively? I usually suggest getting a minimum of three professional references. Now, ideally, they should be someone you're reported to. And if you find yourself in a sticky situation, and people do, or that might not be a good idea, then it is okay to grab a peer or a subordinate who is equally articulate and engaging. Again, you're just thinking about this right now. Put it on your radar. Unless it comes up, you're not actually asking these people yet. Just start to develop that lens of analysis of who could vouch for you. And just one more thing before I move on to the final point here regarding timelines. Once you get that civilian job, it's highly possible you will not keep that job. Understand that for whatever reason, such as uh, offshoring, downsizing, bankruptcies, takeovers, whatever, you're not going to have a 20 or 25-year contract. I Don't be intimidated by this. Just keep it in mind for longer-term commitments like life plans or kids' university fees or mortgages. Expect it. When you expect things, it just mitigates you you know, ultimately panicking or spinning or getting caught off guard. The average job is, I mean, you know, you hear numbers everywhere. Used to be 20, 25, 30 years in the civilian world. (sighs) I think the last one I read is something like 2.7 years. So I just want you to be aware of this. The fifth and final point I want to make is discussing the most common mistake people make when leaving the military. They don't have a career plan. Benjamin Franklin said failing to plan is planning to fail, and he wasn't wrong. Out of the countless people I've conducted client intake interviews with, when I ask them what they want to do next, their response is typically one of two answers. They either give me a very detailed laundry list of taskings, postings, assignments, and roles they filled in the military. Or they tell me, Audrey, I'll do anything. This is a mistake. As nice and 
honest as those two answers are, that doesn't tell me what they want to do next, nor is it going to help them as they go through this transition. Newsflash, just because you've always done something doesn't mean that's what you have to do next. Just because you were a leader in the military doesn't mean you have to be one in the civilian sector. Maybe you had a tech role in the military, and now you'd rather be a tech instructor. Do you love or loathe administration? What about finance? Are you a number cruncher, or does the idea of dealing with figures and columns make your head spin? Do you love traveling on the job, or are you totally over it? Are you looking to continue the high-profile, pressure-driven senior leadership appointments? Or are you ready to work behind the scenes? Do you want to be that sage on the stage, or do you prefer to be the guide on the side? You have to figure this out. And when people say they'll do anything, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a job description that says, we need someone who's going to do anything. So. Are you saying you want to balance multi-million dollar budgets as, I don't know, equally as cleaning toilets, picking apples? Hey, taking orders through a drive through window? Do you want to measure the ink density on the color bar using a spectro-densitometer in the press room? I mean, come on, we can't be everything to everyone all the time. It just doesn't work. You give thought to the type of running shoes you want, or the phone you want to buy next, or a tattoo you want to get, or the groceries, or the vehicle you buy. Why in the world would you think something as important as a career shouldn't deserve some focused attention? Look, I know you didn't necessarily have a choice while you were serving, but now you have to carve out your own path in order to have a successful transition into the civilian sector. When you're clear with what you're after, it's easy to keep your eye on the target as well as for others to know what you want and perhaps even recommend you for opportunities. Specificity is critical. So let's flip the script here. If you're leaving the military and you want a career coach and a resume writer, are you just going to search for job coach or are you going to search for I don't know, a military to civilian career transition specialist coach. Yeah, I thought so. I'm not saying it's easy to figure out what you want to do. I'm saying find a way to figure it out. Sometimes people need help with this and sometimes they don't. And the best place to start is to think about what you're good at and what you enjoy. This will help you narrow down the what. Once you know the what, that job target, then you can progress to the how. People get tripped up when they jump to the how when they don't know the what. It's like getting in a car and starting to drive before you know where you're going. Once you figure out what it is you want to do, carefully take steps that only support your goal. A great place to start with the how is to mentally cherry-pick the experience and skills you gained from your military career that make sense for you personally to showcase moving forward. So make notes of this well in advance of putting in your release papers. Forget the components of your military life 
that will not apply to your new career. Before I finish things up a lot, it's easy to get sidetracked by yourself or friends or family or, or work colleagues. Stay on course. Don't let the insecurity or negativity and personal biases of others influence you because 100% you are going to face this. I've personally never had any time for fear-mongering in my life because if I did, well, I wouldn't have achieved anything. I've always made my mark and find my niche or niche for our American friends by doing whatever interested me that other people were either too afraid, too lazy, or unable to do. And you can do that too. Now, I've covered a lot of points here and I want to thank you for hanging in and listening to them. Be sure to catch the next episode because I'll be detailing the how. If you'd like a PDF copy of my book, Military to Civvy Street, simply e-transfer $20 to audrey.prenzel at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download it. Although I'm not writing so much anymore, I am available for one-to-one coaching and advisement to help you achieve your career transition goals. Email me, audrey.prenzel at gmail.com. Until our next episode purposefully take good care of yourself.